Hi, welcome to Notes from a Drama Watcher, a podcast about East Asian dramas. It's part review, part recap, so there will definitely be spoilers ahead. Let's go! Hi, this is your host, M. Welcome to episode 21 of Notes from a Drama Watcher. This may wind up being kind of a long episode. I'm going to be discussing several shows, The Flaming Hearts, episode 20 through the end, which is basically episode 20 through 24, A Man Who Defies the Worlds of BL, which is a Japanese BL, A Thousand Autumns, which is a donhua, I believe it's called. It's a Chinese anime animation. My First Impressions of Light on Me, which is a Korean BL. So a lot to get through. But before I even get to any of that, I'm going to talk a little bit about what a crazy few days it's been in the world of honor world. I didn't do a podcast last week. I'm doing it this week. So it's going to be about every two weeks for the podcast. So during that time period, if you haven't been looking at Twitter or online, maybe you wouldn't know that Zhang Zhehan, who played Zhou Zhishu in World of Honor, has basically been canceled. His career is quite possibly over. So if you really enjoyed Word of Honor, that may be your last chance to to see him. I don't actually know his older shows that he was in before Word of Honor. I don't know what's going to happen with those shows. There's been a lot of people scared about what will happen with Word of Honor. Will it be taken from offline due to uh, censorship from China? We just don't know. Let me let me backtrack a little bit. I'm not going to get too much into detail because I actually don't know too much detail. I'm not in China. I don't read Chinese, etc. So I can't look at firsthand stories. But apparently Zhang Zhehan about three or four years ago took a picture in front of a shrine in Japan that is a shrine that is known and to Chinese people. Chinese mainlanders, and it's a very sensitive topic to them because I believe it commemorates uh, war criminals. There's a history between, a not good history between China and Japan. It's a shrine that people know that you should not be taking a picture in front of this shrine. He took one, it was years ago, and it's just coming to light now. Clearly it's coming to light because he has become famous. Because I'm sure someone probably saw this picture before and didn't bring it forward. Now that he's famous, things that from his past will will be brought up. As with any famous person, people will find something from the past and bring it up. But this is considered something very serious by the Chinese government. They felt he basically dishonored China in a way. Zhang Zhehan did come out basically immediately and apologized for his actions and, you know, said that he was ignorant of the history, that he shouldn't have done those things. And as as a famous person, he should have been more aware and conscious of what he was doing. This was not enough for the Chinese government. There were calls by, I don't remember the name of the organization, but it's the arts organization in China, a semi-official organization, to boycott his works. So even before they made that call, he had lost several endorsements. Now there is rumors or whatever online saying he or his company, his people were actually the ones who called around to the different companies absolving the partnership because they didn't want to drag those companies down. I, I don't know which is the truth. Obviously, I'm not there. I'm not privy to any inside information, but he is essentially blacklisted. So we don't know what's going to happen with his career or if he will even have a career in the future in China. So 
if you enjoyed Zhang Jehan, like I said, Word of Honor may be the last thing that you see him in, unfortunately. I mean, what an amazing way for your career to end, but obviously he's very young and it's not what he wants it, I'm sure. But there are, you know, hurt feelings on many sides. I don't look around on Instagram much, so I'm not sure of what movements are going around on Instagram, but on Twitter, there are people who are, you know, compiling clips of things he's been in, interviews that he's been in, etc., so that fans can see it or download it, things like that, because they're afraid that these things will be taken down by the government never to be seen again. You know, interviews, clips, when they were when they were on variety shows, things like that. I don't think we have to be scared about Word of Honor because Word of Honor was bought by outside from Western companies. So Amazon has the rights to Word of Honor. Netflix has the rights to Word of Honor. And so does Vicky, although I'm not sure where Vicky is based. But Amazon and Netflix are obviously American companies. So I think we will continue to see Word of Honor there. We'll be fine. I don't know what's going to happen on YouTube because on YouTube, Word of Honor is shown by Yoku. And Yoku is a Chinese company. So far as of the recording of this podcast, I'm recording this on August 18th. So far, it is still on Yoku. We don't know what will happen in the future. But again, it's on Netflix, it's on Vicky, and it's on Prime. Now, Zhang Jehan is also a singer, as it turns out. He's got a beautiful voice. And some of the songs from the Word of Honor OST were sung by him. He, I believe it's the ending song, he and Gong Jun sing together. And then he's got another song on the OST as well. I am not lying, I am not kidding when I say that I listen to that OST at least once a week when I'm at work as background music. <laughs> so I would be very sad if his songs went missing. But again, there are people online who are sharing the files for some of these things just in case something like that occurs. So far as of today, the OST is still up in its entirety, but let's see what happens. So along with losing or giving up the endorsements, also any future projects that he was slated to be in, it's not going to happen now, obviously. I was really looking forward to Retro Detective that he was going to star in, but I don't know if if these projects will just be canceled or they're just going to be recast. I don't know what's going to happen. So for his fans, a lot of them basically, you won't really see his name right now in a lot of places on Twitter. Like I said, I don't do Instagram as much, but on Twitter, you won't really see his name out there. You won't really see his name hashtagged or anything because basically people have decided to not talk about it because kind of the more his name is out there online, the more the Chinese government will, you know, feel offended by what's going on and, and go against him and whatever. And so his fans are feeling like if they just... If no one talks about it, they just don't put his name out there, that things will kind of calm down. So that is why actually I did not put his name in my summary description of this podcast. I will probably just refer to refer to him as the word of honor actor or whatever in the description. But it's for that reason. So if you are a fan of his, you know, make sure you're not on Twitter or wherever hashtagging him, his name all over the place. People feel that that's really not helpful at this time. So speaking of Word of Honor, I'm going to kind of segue, you know, his fellow actor in the show, Gong Jun, is in The Flaming Heart that it just finished. There were 24 episodes. So I had a chance to see the show in its entirety. It was almost in a certain sense, two different shows. The beginning uh, episodes one through about 16, 17, whatever, were about their work as 
members of the rescue team as firefighters, as medical professionals. And then the last half of the show, going from about episode 18 on, is a different storyline. It is about Han Pei, I believe his name was, who was a classmate of Poyan, which is Gong Jun's character. He was a classmate of Poyan's when he was younger, and he was someone who just bullied everyone. And as an adult, he has continued in this same way. So previously, we saw that this man that Yanlan had rescued back in, a, in the earlier episodes had put in her pocket without her realizing a flash drive with some important information. This turns out to belong to Han Pei, and he's after this flash drive. And in the course of trying to get this, he comes across Yanlan and realizes she's Ho Yan's girlfriend. He still doesn't like Ho Yan. And so basically he wants to do everything he can to, to kind of get to him and uses Yanlan in the process of trying to get to Ho Yan. Is in business or is trying to do business with Chief Lo's father. And as I mentioned before, he Chief Lo knows there's something wrong with this guy. There's something not quite right with him because Ho, he knows that Ho Yan doesn't like him. And there must be a reason for this. He's trying to get his father to listen to him, to not trust this guy. His father's kind of not listening. And so Chief Lo has decided to leave the fire department to go work for his dad so he can keep an eye on Han Pei. Now, if you recall, Yan Lan is a childhood friend of Chief Lo. So his interests and Ho Yan's converge. Um, they both want to protect Yan Lan. And, and at the same time, Chief Lo wants to protect his father and the company. Episode 20 is very, it's very bittersweet. Chief Lo is, as I said, leaving the fire department. He doesn't tell anyone exactly what's going on. And they're all trying desperately to understand and to get him to stay. And it's very sweet. Ho Yan also is feeling very guilty because, first of all, he's with Yan Lan, who he knows that Chief Lo likes and was probably intending to marry. And also in his professional capacity, he, he had to write up Chief Lo for something. And then all of a sudden Chief Lo is resigning. So he's wondering if it's his fault, but of course it's not his fault. And Chief Lo doesn't want to, I guess, tell anyone exactly what's going on with his family. So he's just insisting that he has to leave, but not telling anyone the reason that he has to leave. And they consider themselves to be a brotherhood and a sisterhood, right? They've got one female firefighter that we've seen and they don't want to let him go, right? He's, he is family. He's an integral part of the team and they don't want to let him go if they can help it. So it's, it's really, it's very bittersweet. It's very sad that they feel like they're losing this teammate in this way. Episode 21, Ho Yan and Chief Lo are getting into a little bit of intrigue. They're trying to get into the company, find out things from Han Pei's company because they know part of the things he's up to is that he's fudging results on um, some experiments that they're running on a drug that the company has. And you have to kind of suspend disbelief a little bit here. The way that Ho Yan is able to get into the company, it's a little too convenient, but it's not anything glaring or too terrible. Just just a little too convenient, the scene, the way it happens. The actor who is playing Han Pei is making a very convincing villain, I think. He has this kind of sneer, you know, this way he's looking at the outside world like as if everyone is beneath him. And we've, we see in flashbacks and I think this, or the previous episode and coming episodes that he basically always has been that way. Like I said, it's always been this kind of bully. 
there is a little bit of kind of the suspension of disbelief again because he believes Chief Lo when he says he wants to work with him because he thinks Chief Lo doesn't get along with Toyan. I don't know if I would have believed him that easily, but maybe he just wants to believe Chief Lo. Also, at the same time in this and the next few episodes, we have the storyline of the of some of the rest of the people. Wang Dayin and Zhang Tang, they don't show more of their relationship necessarily, but Wang Dayin remembers trying to pass the exams to further his career because that's what Zhang To's father wants. He wants from him for him to try to progress in his career, etc. And so he's doing that, but he also really doesn't have a lot of faith in himself. And so, you know, the people around him trying to to help him realize the potential that he has and that he actually is already a great performer anyway, even if he doesn't realize it himself. So it's kind of an ensemble cast in a way, actually. You know, Gong Jun or Ho Yan and, and Yan Lan are kind of described as the main couple, but really it's more of an ensemble thing to me because they really do give a lot of time to the other couples. I've mentioned this in my previous podcast. It's almost like there's too many couples here and they've gotten away from that in these last few episodes, I guess because they're focusing more on the storyline of trying to find out what's going on in Han Pei's company and whatever crimes he's committed. So some of those couples we saw before have just been kind of dropped, really. We don't really see much anymore about um, our nurse. I cannot remember her name. I'm sorry. The nurse who is with the firefighter who is younger than her. Our, two, our other couple, quote unquote, which were the, the buddy, you know, the, the doc, male doctor and firefighter. They've kind of fallen away. So it's really Chief Low. Actually, Chief Lo's storyline, as far as his romance, has also fallen away. You only see his, he asks her to be his girlfriend at one point. You only see her kind of briefly, but she's not integral to the storyline that's going on at this final part of the series. So really, as far as any romantic pieces go, it's really Wang Zayin and Zhang Tang and Yan Lan and Ho Yan. Really like two couples as far as the romance goes. So I've said this before, but it's a little bit of a disjointed feeling in this show. And it's the same thing here. Because again, it almost feels like a completely different show. And it's not that it's not enjoyable. It, it was interesting, but it's, it's like a different show from the one we started with. I really feel as if there are some scenes missing somewhere. Maybe we're missing an episode. I don't know. There um, wasn't much of a transition, I feel like, to get into this new, this new story arc. Our final couple of episodes are just Han Pei winds up kidnapping Yan Lan and Ho Yan has to try all he can to get her back. And at the same time, they're still trying to, you know, figure out what exactly, it is, what crime it is exactly that he's committed. And so he'll have to pay for that crime as well. And at the same time, Chief Lo is wanting to make sure that his father's company is safe and doesn't get caught in the crossfire. All in all, I feel like it was a decent show, a little disjointed, as I say. But I mean, you know, going back to speaking of Zhang Jehan earlier, I never quite know with C dramas if it's that the director made it in this way or did someone come later and censor some scenes and take something out, whatever. It's kind of hard to tell sometimes, but a decent show. I don't know that I would rewatch it. I, I would probably watch a season two if it came out. I'm not sure what storyline they would they could have for a season two. I, I guess you could have any storyline when it comes to a rescue team. I might actually be interested to see more of Wang Dayin's 
storyline and Jiang Tang as a side story. That that would probably be pretty interesting. I thought the chemistry between the two main leads was great. I love the chemistry between Ho Yan and his mom, sister Zhang. Um, that was really cute. Just the relationships in this show were very good to see. The family relationships as well as the brotherhood slash sisterhood between the firefighters because it was heavily focused on the firefighters and then also the relationships that they developed with the, with the medical staff that they wound up working hands in hands with when they were going out on rescues and everything. If you are interested in this type of show, I have also been watching very slowly You Are My Hero which is available on YouTube on a channel called Croton Mega Hit. It is English subbed. That one is 40 episodes. I wouldn't exactly call it a recommendation of mine, only because I'm, I'm about to up to episode 25 and there are 40 episodes. So I'm only about midway. I'm not sure what's going to happen later in the show. But it, the main leads are a firefighter and a doctor. And the first part of the show is the same thing, training together, doing rescues, you know, etc. So if that's your type of show, that might be another one to watch. It has a little bit, bit of a different vibe from The Flaming Heart. It doesn't look as slick as The Flaming Heart, and it's a little bit of a slower story. Again, it's 40 episodes, so they can really take their time with the story. But there also aren't a bunch of couples in it. There are two couples in the show. It's actually one main couple and then one couple, which even now in episode 25, they're nowhere near being together. So that's kind of dragging on. I say different vibe because so far the way the couples interact are pretty different. The couple in You Are My Hero are pretty awkward with each other, um, at least in the beginning, and that is purpose purposefully awkward. They're both new to relationships, etc. She's been busy going to medical school. He's, um, it's not that, I guess, the head of his department. He's one of the people who trains other officers and stuff. So neither one of them basically had time for romance. And so they don't really know how to interact with each other. So they're not as sophisticated as the couple in The Flaming Heart. And I'm not saying that in a bad way. It's just, as I said, a different vibe. So it might be something you might want to check out. Again, I can't call it a recommendation because I'm only about halfway through. But so far, episodes 1 through 25 are okay on that one. It's just not as slick or as polished looking as The Flaming Heart. And in The Flaming Heart, I mentioned the relationships. The Flaming Heart has like so many characters in it. You really, really, I, I think, get a feel for fire department and the relationships among the people there. It was almost just on the touch of too much, but I guess it depends on what you're interested in. They showed a lot of ceremony and everything in The Flaming Heart. Some of it wasn't quite as interesting to me, but it might be interesting to other people. You know, it's all a matter of, of taste, I suppose. That was, I guess, one kind of downfall of The Flaming Heart was very focused on the firefighter side, not as focused on the medical side. And even when they did show the medical side, I mentioned in a previous podcast, this thing of like the doctors are sitting around gossiping and stuff like that. You know, I don't know how realistic that is. Again, I'm not in China. <laughs> but I can imagine wherever you are in a medical setting, you're probably pretty busy. And they just didn't look that busy in the flaming heart the way that they had them. But I guess they were trying to show that, you know, doctors are, are lighthearted, regular people too. Maybe that was what they were trying to show. All right. So next up, I did say this episode was going to be long. <laughs> next up, we have A Thousand Autumns, which is a Chinese animation. And this one is on Tencent. It's intense. It's a Tencent anime. 
So it's on WeTV, but it's also available on YouTube for you to see as well. So Thousand Autumns is a 16 episode show, Chinese animation, as I mentioned. It looks, it's animated, but it's a very computerized um, computer anime. So I will read to you the description that's actually up on WeTV. It says, 3D animation Thousand Autumns is based on a novel of the same name produced by Tencent. It tells a story about martial arts circles. A book of secret martial arts techniques appeared and it stirred up the false peace in martial arts circles. Will the hero see through the overall situation and master all the secret martial arts techniques? So it is my understanding that actually this is based off of a BL novel. Of course, in the animation, it's not BL, it's bromance, but it is based on a BL novel, if I recall correctly. It has the two main characters, Yan Wuxi, who is the head of the evil gang. So he's the bad guy, quote unquote. And our good guy is, he is Shen Chao. Shen Chao was going to be the leader of his group. Um, he is betrayed by someone close to him. And as many people in Wuxia and Xianxia dramas, he gets thrown off of a cliff and survives somehow. <laughs> he is rescued by Yan Wuxi, who rescues him for his own nefarious purposes. But in the course of his rescue and his, his convalescence, they wind up getting close. I'm not even sure if I would phrase it that way. Um, Yan Wuxi tricks Shen Chao into... Shen Chao has amnesia. And Yan Wuxi tricks him into believing that he's actually a part of his sect because he's trying to help him gain power, but all, for his own purposes, not for Shen Chao's sake. So in the course of the show, Shen, Shen Chao realizes fairly quickly that he can't possibly be part of this evil... part of the evil gang because he's a Taoist martial artist. So actually his abilities are basically counter to Yan Wuxi's abilities. So as I said, it is a 16 episode series and this in these 16 episodes, it basically con consists of Shen Chao just trying to go on his own way because he doesn't want to be part of the evil gang and Yan Wuxi just basically following him around. That's what it is. But in the course of it, Shen Chao realizes there is a place for, for Yan Wuxi because or for his methods, because all the other leaders of the other martial arts sects are after this this particular these these books, I should say, with these power, the secret to an ultimate power in them, and they're fighting each other over this power. And civilians and regular people are just they're the casualties of this. They are just in the way while all these people are fighting for this power. And if it wasn't for Yan Wuxi there, kind of keeping the balance more people would suffer. So even though he's the leader of the evil gang, quote unquote, you know, he's really the one who's standing between the common folk and all these powerful martial artists. So Shen Chao has to kind of deal with, with that, with acknowledging that he can't just destroy him. He can't just want to be rid of this man because he is important in the grand scheme of things. But at the same time, he doesn't fit into that evil gang because that's not where his own abilities lie but after he fell off the cliff after he was betrayed he's actually very ill he has lost some of his ability he is blind and the person who is protecting him and caring for him is Yan Wuxi even though he says it's for his own purposes he still continues to protect and care for him even after Shen Chao realizes and leaves the sect I have not read the Zanme. I did see in some of the comments when I was looking on YouTube that they really toned down Yan Wuxi's character 
in the animation that he treats Chen Chao pretty badly in the book. So obviously because they are showing this as a bromance and not necessarily a BL in the animation, they don't show any of that. There is a pretty bad betrayal at one point, but it's not an assault. It's not shown in the animation. So I started, I'm not even sure why I started watching Thousand Autumns, but I had watched Gunbag System, which is also a 3D animation uh, from Tencent, and enjoyed it a bit. It was okay. And and so I decided, I guess, to, to watch Thousand Autumns. I'm not much into 3D animation. It's not really my thing. I do watch anime. 3D animation, though, is not necessarily my thing. But I decided to check it out and basically got really hooked on it. It was a really interesting storyline. I would actually really like to see this as a live action, actually. I guess because I was almost just off of watching Word of Honor, that whole dynamic of the evil and the good guy getting together really spoke to me. Although really Word of Honor is slightly different. I don't know that any, either one of them is the good guy. They're both pretty great characters. In Thousand Autumns, Shen Chao is not a great character at all. He's just a good guy. I mean, I guess if I would equate him to anyone in Word of Honor, it would be Sao Wei Ning, except Sao Wei Ning with actual martial arts ability. Although I guess he would be on Sao Wei Ning's level because he's so, he's so ill for much of the anime, of the animation, that he winds up being saved a lot by Yan Wuxi. But if not for the fact that he was ill, he would be someone of great martial arts ability. I would really recommend watching this if you you like animation you might enjoy this even if you don't like animation i would say give it a try it is only 16 episodes each episode is about 25 minutes long and it goes by really quickly the episodes seem to go by really quickly there's like no downtime here the yan wuxi character i love but i love those kind of gray characters um he really now the reason i compare to word of honor he really does remind me of when cushing Shen Chao does not remind me of Zhou Su necessarily, but um, Yan Wuxi definitely reminds me of Wan Cushing. So if you like Word of Honor and you're looking for something to kind of tide you over, <laughs> um, I would say watch A Thousand Autumns um, if you feel like you can watch an animation. Again, it's on Tencent on YouTube, on Tencent's channel with English subs, or on WeTV if you have the Tencent app or WeTV online. As I said, 16 episodes. Episode 16 really does leave you with the feeling that there could be a season two. I would definitely watch a season two if they made one, if it came out. Next up is A Man Who Defies the Worlds of BL. It can be found on WeTV. It's been on WeTV for a while, although I think you might need a VPN to see it if you're in America. I'm not sure if it's in this region, but it also now is available on Viki. So I'm going to read a little bit of the description on Viki. It says, just an average college student living his average life, Mobu had never once considered the fact that his life might be anything other than ordinary, which each day passing very much like the one before, Mobu might have been stuck in his average ordinary life forever. But a sudden epiphany causes Mobu to see the world in a whole new light, flipping his ordinary world upside down in an instant. Now fully aware of the fact that he's living inside a world of BL, Mobu can't seem to go anywhere without being caught up in some boy's love story. From school classmates to his own little brother, Mobu finds himself surrounded by boys whose sole purpose in life seems to be to fall in love. Determined to keep himself from becoming this world's protagonist, Mobu assigns himself the role of a background character. But no 
matter how hard he tries, he can't seem to escape the love scenarios unfolding all around him. So that is some of the description you will find on Vicky. And it is actually a very accurate description because Mobu, once he realizes what's going on around him or what he thinks is going on around him, tries everything possible not to get involved in a love story. He doesn't want someone falling in love with him. He doesn't want to find himself liking someone else. And he basically freaks out at almost every moment, everything that he thinks might drag him into this world of BL or drag his brother into this world of BL. Some of the things are very innocent. Some of them, it turns out, you know, he turns out to be correct. Maybe it's not necessarily involving a love story for him, but it is for another couple. So it's actually a pretty funny show. It at the very ends of the Vicky description actually it lists that lists it as a romantic comedy. And I think that's true, but the type of humor for the show is specifically directed at BL fans because it's really showing a lot of trope and a lot of kind of inside joke things that BL fans would understand whether you watch Yaoi, whether you just read manga, you get most of the jokes in here if you are a BL watcher. This does say it's adapted from a manga. I've never read or even heard of the manga before this, so I'm not sure how closely it follows the manga, but it is just four episodes. It's listed as four episodes on Vicky, but actually there are two episodes within each of the episodes on Vicky, so it's more like really six to eight. Uh, I guess they did that because it would have made the episodes very short because as it is, each episode on Vicky is about 20 minutes long. So not a long series at all. So this character is a very over the top character just because he's always so paranoid about what's going on around him. So the point where he does things where even people around him are looking at him like, you know, what's wrong with this guy? Even his parents are looking at him like, what's going on with him? Because for them, this is just their regular world, right? They don't realize that he's freaking out because he's in a BL world, quote unquote. So I think they picked a good actor for this. I really don't watch many Japanese dramas. I'm not sure if I mentioned this is Japanese. It's a Japanese drama. So I don't recognize this actor. That doesn't mean he hasn't been in other things. I just don't watch many Japanese dramas, but he's good in this role because he's got this really concerned look on his face most of the time <laughs> because he's trying to save himself, you know, and he's also trying to save his little brother because at one point, one of his brothers, his little brother's friends confesses to him. And so now he's even more like, oh no, my little brother's getting dragged into this into this world of BL. So it's really a silly, like over the top kind of show, which normally is not necessarily my humor, which is why I stopped watching. If you listen to my podcast, you know, I was watching Fish Upon the Sky for a few episodes and then stopped watching that one, which that's a Thai drama, a Thai BL drama that had very over the top humor. And I stopped watching it because that's not really my type of humor. But this one I liked. It was just, it was, it was not too much. And also because I've been watching BL for a long time, I really understood the jokes in it. You know, it was like I said, it's like I said, it's kind of inside jokes. It's a little bit of poking fun. So it's kind of like you have to have the ability to, to laugh at yourself to enjoy this. Um, some people might get offended. I don't know, but it's poking fun, but I don't think in a mean spirited way. I don't think they're, they're laughing at the BL tropes or people like BLs, it's more like laughing with because we all know if you've seen enough BLs that sometimes the, sometimes the scenarios and stuff can be pretty cliche. And this show I think has all those cliches in it that you would find in a BL. 
uh, as a way of people meeting and falling in love with each other. And because he's so aware and so paranoid, he's able to spot before it happens that this cliche is going to happen. And so he devises all these ways to avoid it <laughs> because he doesn't want to be dragged into this world of BL. Although ultimately you're left wondering if he really is able to avoid it. He might not be. Um, at the end of the last episode, it says like, I will see you in season two, or maybe I will, maybe I won't, whatever. So there may be a season two for this. It's very possible. It's kind of left really open-ended, but even if there is no season two, it was a fun little show just for what it was for the four episodes. It went really quick. And if you are someone who's been a long time BL watcher, or even have just seen a number of them, even if it hasn't been for a long time, you will recognize the cliches in this show and I think get a little chuckle out of it. Okay, and last but not least is Light On Me. This is a Korean BL drama and I believe it's slated for 16 episodes. So I'm just doing like a general first impression of it. I've gotten up to episode three for this drama. So this drama is about Taekyung who is an 18 year old high school student and he's basically gone his life until this point without having any friends in school. At least up to episode three I don't know about his home life or in his neighborhood or anything but in school he has no friends and he meets his new homeroom teacher who convinces him to try something new because something about Taekyung catches his eye and he realizes Taekyung has no friends and I guess it's kind of watching him in the school and realizing he doesn't interact with anyone so he approaches him and talks him gets to know him a little bit and talks to him and then convinces him to try something new Taekyung at first is not really interested but then later on decides he wants to try to make some friends so he seeks out the homeroom teacher to see if he can help him with this and his teacher's idea is for him to join the student council unfortunately for Taekyung he meets one of the members of the student council beforehand without knowing that this is a member of the student council it is the vice president of the council and his name is Shinwoo and they have a very strange <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunate run-in in the hallway and that causes Shinwoo to basically feel very awkward around Taekyung but it, this awkwardness is causing him to not want to have anything to do with Taekyung. He doesn't want Taekyung to join the student council at all. He doesn't want to see him and this is kind of unlike him because even though he's kind of a quiet character himself he sort of appear, appears cold. He is described as being actually warm-hearted so it's very strange to the other members of the council that he's just emphatically not wanting Taekyung to be in the student council at all. And of course, because their first meeting was so awkward, he can't really explain to anyone else why he doesn't want Taekyung there. He just insists he doesn't want him there. But since he is, as they say, warm-hearted, he does eventually give in and allow for Taekyung to join the team, the student council, at least on a temporary basis. So these two people who had this very awkward first encounter are going to be around each other all the time and their feelings for each other I guess will change. Now this is kind of a triangle, a love triangle, because the president of the council, Sa'an, also possibly is a love interest for Taekyung, but pretty early on you see that Sa'an's character, he's someone who says yes to everyone and tries to be, and tries to as he says like be nice to everyone because he's on the he's the student council president and so he never says no to anyone but that's also not a good way to be Taekyung sees because Taekyung is very introspective he's very observant of the people 
around him, right? Because he's trying to figure out how to become friends with people, how to connect with people. So he's really just kind of observing people's interactions and he realizes that Da'an's way of doing things, although in a way he seems sincere, is in a way not sincere necessarily because he's giving his number out to everyone. He's giving out his number to different girls, right? Girls that approach him. And it's not that he's a player or something. He just thinks he's doing it as a kindness. So how sincere is he? Can you trust his sincerity? And again, he's not doing it in a mean way. He's doing it, he feels, as a kindness to them. But on the other hand, he's also overstretched to saying yes to everyone around him for everything. So there's that triangle that they're trying to set up there. Although I think it's pretty obvious the end game is Young and, and Shinwu. Already in episode three, you can see Shinwu kind of change his, his opinions or his feelings about Young. Young's still a little wary because really Shinwu is, is kind of mean. He does say some mean things to him. Young's a little bit not sure how to deal with him. It'll be interesting to see from here on in, and I do plan to continue watching. It'll be interesting to see from here on in how their friendship develops and what kind of romance will develop. Episodes are about 20 minutes long. It's nice to see Korean BL dramas. At least you know it'll be produced well. For the most part, you can count on that it will be produced well. You know, people have complained in the past that they were really short, but we're getting 16 episodes out of this one, so that's a very good sign. 20 episodes is about standard, I think, for a Korean BL, so that's to be expected, but it's the number of episodes that are surprising here and a step in the right direction because Korean dramas are, in general, about 16 to 20, 24 episodes long, so instead of feeling like we're getting shortchanged, you know, we're getting... We are getting what is a standard drama length. It's a different type of drama altogether, but I'm hoping if this does well and they see that it does well, that means that we will get a full length drama when we get the season two of Color Rush because that definitely can use a longer season. That actually has a, I don't know if it's a murder mystery, it could be a murder mystery or at least a missing person mystery. There's an actual in-depth storyline that we could get out of Color Rush season two. Light on me so far what I can see is kind of slice of life, high school crush, high school first romance, and they got 16 episodes out of it. So, and if the rest of the series continues the same way episodes one through three have, then they did a good job on it. There's there was nothing slow in these episodes. It's a coherent storyline. It's in nice order. There's no weird editing, which I really appreciate after watching a number of C-dramas recently. I, I, earlier in this podcast, I talk a little bit about editing when I talk about the Flaming Heart. You don't get any of that usually in K-dramas because you don't have the, the censorship issue for the most part. So you don't have weird editing making things choppy, although you still can get choppy things, you know, but... This, this show so far, it's not like that at all. I'm enjoying it. I like Young. I think it's very interesting to have such an introspective character and someone who's really trying really hard to make a change in their life. Kind of late in the game because as an 18-year-old, that means he's sort of at the end of his high school career and he's trying to make these changes now. So it's, it's quite interesting. And I will be curious to see how Shinwoo's character develops. Because they keep, you know, saying he's warm-hearted, he's nice. Don says that Shin was actually nicer than he is. And everyone thinks Dion is super nice. So it'll be quite interesting to see how they develop that character there. I am quite, quite excited for 
the rest of this series and hopefully continues with this quality and you know i don't know why but i find it really cool that they have this homeroom teacher who really takes such an interest in you know in the student and really wants to help him how he can and he even faces Taekyung faces a sort of disappointing setback in the beginning and you know the teacher encourages him to keep trying so that's really cool to see as well so that's it not gonna get too much into depth in it because like i said i've only seen episodes one through three so not even a third of the way through the series but so far i am enjoying it so at some point i will get back to watching guardian and finishing off the end of the show i'm basically just missing up uh episodes 29 through 36 and then i will have finished guardian and i may at some point wind up getting back to healer but i don't know if that will happen poor healer got thrown to the side when i started watching word of honor but um maybe i'll get back to it we'll see i don't know because there is a drama called serendipity which is another c drama that has started i see on vicky and the premise sounds interesting to me it has to do with parallel world and i love sci-fi so <laughs> It looks very tempting for me to watch that, but we'll see. I really feel like I should finish Healer since I did start it, but we shall see. Anyway, thanks so much for joining me for this 21st episode of Notes from a Drama Watcher. Again, uh, if you are a Zhang Jiehan fan, like I said, there are people on Twitter. I don't know about Instagram, but if you look on Twitter, there are people who are collecting not all of his works because it's very focused on things surrounding Word of Honor, interviews he did, little behind the scenes clips, things like that. There are people on Twitter you can find if you look um, who are who have collected these clips and have them available for download just in case they wind up being scrubbed from the Internet at some point. Thanks again for listening and stay safe, everyone. Last thing. If you want to reach out to me, you can find me on Twitter at DramaWatcher6, or you can send me an email at dramawatchernotes at gmail.com. Bye!